said to me, uh, your blood pressure is like high. And uh, you're like way overweight. And what are you going to do about it? What's, you know, what's going to happen here, right? And, and I didn't like that. I didn't want that doctor telling me that. Because in my mind, I am 30 years old, right? But he's coming to me with another reality and, and speaking to me. And so for the last miserable month, I've been on a diet, you know, and uh, I'm doing really good. I've lost about 18 pounds. You probably noticed that, I'm sure. That's part of my delusion. Everybody notices my diet. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, um, and so this is, uh, you, you know, this is the way. And in this same way, believers can deceive themselves about whether they are growing or not. That is, they can... They can create an image or a thinking in their mind that says they're growing. They have a delusion in their mind that says they're growing. But in reality, they're not. Uh, in your notes, it says this. Maturity is facing who you are honestly and admitting your need. That's what we're talking about today is breaking the delusion. It's facing who you are honestly and admitting your need. James wants to teach us how to use the Bible to face the truth about ourselves, to break the power of our delusion so that we can get real help for our lives. And James is trying to teach us this very simple idea that the Bible can actually work in your life like the doctor worked in my life. This is why we can actually become angry with the Bible. Because the Bible messes with your delusion your false image of yourself that you've created in your mind. So, in your notes, how do I receive, that's the blank there is receive, how do I receive the word of God? This is what it says. This is talking about using the word of God to break our delusion, okay, to destroy our delusion. This you know, my beloved brethren, we're looking at verse 19. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your soul. So how do I receive the word of God? First thing we see here, number one is, be careful. Be quick to hear God's word and slow to speak like a teacher. Okay, so be quick to hear. He says, be quick to hear God's word and be slow to speak like a teacher. You know how it is? Uh, you, you know, when you're at a Bible school, you see this on a regular basis. You have somebody, uh, some uh, brilliant uh, uh, high school student who comes in and uh, comes into the classroom and begins to pontificate about uh, things that, you know, really they don't have a whole a whole clue about really what's going on, right? They don't really know what's going on. They're not quick to hear. As a matter of fact, sometimes they want to correct the professor. You know, they want to, they want to not, not that professors don't ever need correcting, but they see themselves as kind of like the, the guardians of truth, and they're going to they're gonna make sure everybody, you know, really knows the, tr the, the real truth, you know, not what this poor professor is saying in this uh, situation that's there. They're, they're, they're not quick to hear and slow to speak. No, as a matter of fact, they, they're quick to speak like a teacher, right? They have that kind of mentality. Um, but he says to us, listen, first thing, if you want to 
receive the word of God. How do I receive the word of God? If you want to receive the word of God, he says you've got to be quick to hear. I want to hear what God is saying and slow to speak. Uh, you know, quick to hear. It's like a mother hears a baby cry. If you, ever, if you ever hang around young mothers, you can be in the room and just be talking away, and all at once the mother will go, oh, the baby's up. And you're like, what? How did that, how did they, you know? And, and, and some, in some faint distance, they heard that little peep of that baby, you know, little, little, little tiny sound, and, uh, and they immediately respond to that. They're, matter of fact, uh, mothers are actually built, uh, uh, um, you know, in, their, in their, their bodies so that when that cry happens, it actually has a, it can have a physical reaction. When they hear that cry, it draws them, it pulls them in that kind of way. They're quick to hear. Uh, I think of a dog I used to have. I used to have this dog that was, he would ignore me. Not, not if I was right there. If I was right there and I said, come on, boy, come on, you know, right, right there. He would come right to me, you know, all, all, all nice, right? But if he was in another room and I could peek and see him in the room and I would call to him, you know, Griffey, come here, Griffey, he would turn and he'd turn back and he'd just keep on doing whatever he was doing. You know, until I got to the doorway, and then he would be like, oh, were you calling me? You know what I mean? Just, you know, all at once run to me in that way. Some of us are like that with the Lord. You know, if we feel like we're a little outside of his ability to see what's going on, then we are slow to respond, slow to hear. Okay, number two in your notes. Be calm. What does he say? Slow to anger over God's word. And so you might think to yourself, why would the Bible make you angry? And it makes you angry because what we already talked about, it shatters your delusion. Just like the doctor with me, you know, it shatters your delusion. I heard the story of an African princess, born princess in Africa, and, uh, uh, and all, everyone told her, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you know, th this princess that she was. And then some explorers came to this African tribe, and they thought they were doing something nice, they, they gave her the precious gift of a mirror, right? They gave her a mirror. And she looked in the mirror, and she immediately took the mirror and smashed it on some rocks. Why? Because, because when she looked in the mirror, she realized, I am not what everybody has been saying that I am. She could see it. It broke her delusion, and she didn't like that, and it made her angry. She smashed the mirror in that kind of way. Uh, you're not going to grow if you're living a lie. It blocks up your hearing. You can't be quick to hear if you're clinging to your delusion. Just it, th These two things will not go together. Number four in your notes, he says, be compliant. Or another way of saying it in the passage, he says, humbly receive the word implanted that can save your soul. What does that mean? Humbly acknowledge that God is right and that he's working for your good, you know. When I receive the word with humility, I accept it. I do not argue with it. I do not try to, to uh, twist it, to give myself an out. I welcome it. That's what it, when, it, when, when he says receive, that word actually receive means to welcome, to be hospitable to the word. I want the word in my life, right? 
God, I, I acknowledge that you know what you're doing. I, I see you as in charge. I realize that what I've been thinking about myself isn't accurate. It's not true. I thought I was a growing believer, but I'm realizing maybe I'm not really a growing believer. As I stand before the mirror of your word, it's messing with me. It's causing me to see something. Okay, keep on in our notes. How can I reflect on God's word? That is, how can I... How can I meditate on it? How can I reflect on it? This is what it says in, in verse 22. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Right? Doers of the word, not merely hearers who delude themselves. It would be possible for you to be at Elam Bible Institute in college, to be here for a, a significant period of time, but not be a doer of the word, but rather a hearer. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. The word here when it says looks is the word glance. Okay, so he's, he's, a, he's a hearer, he's not a doer. And so what's he like? He's like a person who looks at his natural face in the mirror. But once he's looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the other guy glanced. He says, no, this one looks intently at the perfect law, the law of real liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer. This man will be blessed in what he does. He says, it's not the hearer who's going to be blessed. It's the doer that is going to be blessed. So how do we reflect on the word of God? In your notes, okay, a couple of thoughts here. Number one. We read it, okay? Uh, you, you may say, we look at me and say, you know, you don't need to talk to us at Elam about reading because we are reading more than I ever read in my whole life. My, actually, my son Todd says he learned how to read at Elam. That's his, uh, that was his, uh, he says, before that, he said, I used to read a little bit, he said, but he said, it wasn't until I got to Elam that I actually learned how to, how to read, you know? So we read it. You know, one man looks in the mirror and uh, he glances at himself the other man looks intently at the word, the perfect law of liberty, the word that sets you free. Um, you know, the, the mirrors in Bible times weren't like the kind of mirror that you have. The mirror in Bible time was actually a polished piece of metal. So the only way the thing really worked was if you looked intently at it. You had to kind of do a little work with your mind at the same time as you were looking at the, at the reflection. You had to look intently at it. Number two, so we read it. Number two, in verse 25, we review it. What does that mean? We abide by it. We continue in it. We meditate on it. Now, some of you think to yourselves, I don't know how to meditate. Everybody knows how to meditate. If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. Anybody who knows how to worry knows how to meditate. All, all meditation is, is thinking about it again and again and again, right? Over and over. You're thinking over and over about it, right? So if you know how to worry, anybody know how to worry here? Okay. So if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. All you do is you think about it over and over, just like that. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. You meditate. I meditate. I, I'm, you know, I'm singing. I'm, I'm meditating. You know, so it says speaking, 
to yourselves with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I'm singing. I'm, you know, spend time in the morning in the Word. I'm, I'm meditating on the Word. I got, I got certain words, for example, that the Lord gave me during this prayer week. One word he gave me was the word abundance. Every time I come into this room, I go over in that corner right there where he spoke to me, and I put my hands up again, and I say, abundance, abundance, I'm, abundance. I'm saying it over and over and over again. I'm meditating on the Word. Okay, number three. We're talking about how do I, how do I re- reflect on God's word. Number three, we remember it. Not having become a forgetful hearer. Um, I take notes. I don't know if you, 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 you know, <laughs> I, give, I give you a little note-taking guide every week, right? You know, so it's kind of like I'm trying to bring you along. But, you know, when I'm in, in uh, chapels here at the, at the uh, All Elam Chapel or in church, church time, I sit and I... I take notes. I take notes all the time. You want to know why? Because the vast majority of what you hear, as a matter of fact, 95% of what we hear, we forget in 72 hours. Now think if you're a preacher how that makes you feel. Right? And I had to face that as I was a pastor on Sunday. That's one of the reasons I got into the habit of creating these little note things for you to take with you and stuff like that. Why did I do that? Because I knew when I spoke to you on Sunday, the chances were by Wednesday, all gone. Right? And so I would try to do anything I could do to reinforce the message, right? Reinforce, bring it back again, get you thinking about it again in some kind of a way. Uh, Even, you know, when when I speak through... Uh, a book like we're doing this semester. One of the reasons I do that is because I can keep revisiting themes that we've already talked about and, and, and re- remind you, reference it again. Why? Because we forget what we hear. It's just the way it is. Okay, next. How can I respond to God's word? So, okay, we've, we've talked about how we receive it, but now how am I supposed to respond to God's word? There's two verses here that are important to us. James 1.22, he says, But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. And then look at James 1.25. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. So he's contrasting the doer and the hearer. Let's talk about that for a second. The doer takes action on what he learns. This word means I'm dedicated to acting on the word. I'm a doer. You know, who are you? I'm a doer. I act on what I hear, okay? It's the difference between, you know, uh, somebody who does something for a hobby and somebody who does it professionally, right? You're here right now as students, Right? It's, not, it's like your job is to be a student. You're, you're a professional student, not meaning by that that you're going to go on to be students forever. But you're a, you, you are here, your whole purpose of being here, the whole reason everybody has sacrificed and paid and done all that they've done is so that you will do, you will do what's necessary to be an effective student. Not just the minimum, not just getting by, but you will do the work that needs to be done, and, and we do everything we can to hold you accountable and everything else. Okay, so you're, there's the doer of the word now, but there's also the hearer of the word. Um, when we think of hearing, the word that that comes from is, is uh, auditory, right? Have you ever heard somebody talk about auditory? Right? Have you ever heard somebody talk about taking a course 
And if you take a course, but you don't want any accountability, you don't want to do any assignment, you don't want to do anything, what do we call that? Audit. What does it mean? I'm a hearer. That's my, that's my, that's, I'm paying to be a hearer, not a doer. I don't want to be a doer. I don't want you holding me accountable. I don't, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't want to take any tests. I'm an, I'm an auditor. See, he says, look, there's two kinds of people. He says, there are doers and there are auditors. There are hearers. There are people who are auditing. Some people are auditing life, right? I wonder how many people are auditing this morning. If you don't show up, you don't want to be questioned about it, right? Sometimes we get the... Sometimes interacting with students can be a crazy experience, you know. Somebody doesn't show up to the class, you know, and they're, they're, they're like, why are you making a big deal about this? Right? Because you are not an auditor. You are a doer, Right? If I get a person who says, you know, well, what's the minimum I have to do to make it out of this course? Some of you are, uh, that's exactly the way you're approaching life. What's the minimum I have to do to get through? Because I don't want you asking me whether I'm present or not. I don't want you giving me any tests about what I'm doing. I don't want you holding me accountable for what I said I would do. I don't want any of that. I want to audit life. I got a copy of Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia of Modern Bodybuilding. Part of my getting my getting restoring my 30-year-old image. Right? I love this book. I carry it with me wherever I go. I have a pocket version of it. I memorize it. I get up early in the morning and study it. I've read it completely through seven times, and I've marked and underlined my favorite passages. I'm convinced that through the study of this book, I am an expert on bodybuilding. Can't you see? The problem is that I've deluded myself, I've deceived myself, for though I've heard the book, I'm an auditor, and I gained no blessing or benefit from it. Are you with me? Doesn't matter how many copies you have, doesn't matter how many times you've read it, doesn't matter the scriptures you have memorized. If you are not being held accountable, if you are not doing it, if you are not going after it, if you are not acting on it, you, the Bible is just really clear. You're an auditor. You're auditing life with God. So a good question, right? You might be sitting here right now, and this next question might be the one that's in your mind. How do I know if I'm self-deceived? Right? Because I'm sitting here right now and I'm thinking, well, I hear what you're saying and like that, but how do I really know if I'm self-deceived? Well, James, he doesn't leave us hanging. He, lets, he says he wants, you, he wants to show you. How do you know 
And so he gives us a self-deception test. He says, I'm going to give you the test right now. You're sitting here wondering, am I one of these people who is auditing my faith and auditing what's happening here? Or am I a person who's really doing it? How do I know? He's, no problem, he says. I got it right here for you. I'm going to give it to you right now. Here it is, verse 26. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Okay? He just gives it. Here's, you want the self-deception test. He gives it to you. Number one, do you control your mouth? What's happening with your speech? Do you bridle your tongue? Or instead, do you find your mouth coming out with lying, cursing, gossip, slander, hasty words, questionable jokes, sarcasm? If your mouth, if your mouth is a fountain of all that kind of stuff, then James says, hey, you got the test. You wondered whether or not you were an auditor? but." pretty clear okay he gives us another one do you reach out to those in distress do you serve other people visit orphans and window widows in their distress not think about them oh you know what's that but actually doing something to help people in distress when you find out somebody's going through a crisis on your, on your floor, when you're, is there something in you that says, hey, let me step out and do a little something for this person. Let me go out of my way a little bit. Let me step in there. He says, if you do that, he says, you're probably a doer of the word of God. But if you don't do that kind of thing, if you don't visit the widow in distress and the orphan in distress, if you're not doing that kind of thing, he says, there's a good chance you're an auditor. And then he gives us the third little clue here third test do you compromise with the world separation verse 27 to keep oneself unstained by the world okay he's, he's saying basically do you give yourself over to you know the world in in that kind of way you know there's a there's a passage here that I I think I skipped over. It talks about, oh, when it talks about, he says you, you need to rid yourself of all filthiness. That's an interesting word, that word filthiness, because the word actually means earwax. That's what it, when it says, when it says rid yourself of all filthiness, it actually means earwax. Now, my wife doesn't know anything about earwax, but I do, right? As a matter of fact, the Kavanaugh men, we all have a little thing going about this thing, about earwax. I can actually wake up in the morning and have my ear plugged. And I have to, I, I, I can't just go in and use a Q-tip, you know, and a little, little dainty bit of wet. Forget that. I have this little gizmo that squirts water into my head, and it flushes my ear out. It cleanses me of all filthiness, right? This is one of the problems that we have. One of the problems that you have is this, is that if you... A lot, have allowed filthiness into your life, it is going to affect your hearing. 
It, you are not, that's what he's talking about. He says that when he, he uses the word filthiness, he's talking about earwax. He says if you allow filthiness, if you're not separated from the world, you allow this stuff into your life, he says it, you can, it, there is just no way. It, you cannot be quick to hear because your ears get plugged with the moral filthiness that you let yourself mess around with. And so you think to yourself, oh, yes, I'm a hearer of the word, but how can you be a hearer when that filthiness is plugging you up and you're walking around all muffled, you can't quite hear what exactly is going on? He says we need to be separated, keep ourselves unstained by the world. One, one person uh, define the world. He said, the world is like, is life without high callings, life devoid of lofty ideals. Its gaze is always horizontal, never vertical. Its motto is forward, but never upward. It has ambition, but no aspirations. So James is talking to us today. I'm not picking on anybody. This was just what was next, right, when I was working my way through James. James is talking to us today, and he's saying to you something very serious. He's saying, are you a doer or are you an auditor? Are you resisting accountability? Are you thinking, I'm going to just try to do the minimum it takes? Or are you setting your heart to be a doer of God's word? He says there's all kinds of blessing for the doer, but not for the auditor, not for the person who's auditing life. And he wants to give you an opportunity. He wants you to, to give you a chance to do his word, to have the delusion broken off of you, right? When the doctor says to me, look, I'm going to have to start giving you pills for high blood pressure. I'm going to have to start doing this. I'm going to have to start doing that unless you lose some weight. It's like it, it woke me up out of a sleep that I had fallen into, right? Forgetting that what was happening in my body, just not thinking about it, just, just going on. And, and, and see, that's the way the word of God is. It comes to us, and it's uncomfortable. You know, I hope every Tuesday when you come in here, I hope you leave uncomfortable. Because you're, you're coming face to face with the word of God, and the word of God is making you uncomfortable. Why? Because it's attacking your delusion. The lie you've told yourself, the deception that everything is okay, and yeah, I'm, you know, I'm doing pretty good, and yeah, I'm one of the people that doesn't get in, in trouble. You know, success for you at Elam is staying off my radar. As long as he doesn't know who I am, I keep walking through here. You know, some of you have been good at it for a couple of years. You know, that's success. Just stay out of the way. Don't get, you know, don't have him stop and go, what are you doing? Heaven help me if he knows my name. Right? See, that's the way we are. We, we want to audit. You know, I want to do the minimums. I want to just get by, right? He says, what kind of life is that? James says, you, you've, you're deluded. You, you, you're not experiencing God's word in the way he wants you to experience it. You're, you've become an auditor of the word of God and an auditor of life. Let's just bow our heads and our hearts here before the Lord. Can we do it?
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Lord, my delusion cracked six weeks ago. And I realized that I had to face reality, what was really going on, and to do some things differently than I had been doing them. You know, Lord, I, I just ask today that somehow for some people here, a delusion would crack. They've got this image, that, oh yeah, I did, I'm at Elam and I'm growing, but the truth is they're like with me with the bodybuilding book. They're not really applying it. They resent anytime anybody holds them accountable or challenges them in any kind of way. They're living a life at the minimums, not, not, not a life that's risking and pouring itself out. Lord, I just ask that you would awaken us today. Awaken us, Lord. God, heaven help us if this year goes by and, and we've let ourselves just live in this delusion and haven't acknowledged what you wanted us to understand, that true maturity is this realization that I don't have it all together, that I need God, that I'm desperate for something more than where I am right now. Stir us, God. Deepen our hearts. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. Have a great lunch. Somebody have a good lunch. Bless you. Thanks.